Well, good morning, coaches. So glad to be with you on this wonderful Wednesday, unless, of course, you are watching the recording, in which case, happy whatever day it is that you are watching this. Uh, but we're excited to be here with you for what should be a really, really good discussion. If this is your first Real Talk, welcome. You are in for something special. In fact, let us know in the chat box if this is your first time on Real Talk. I know a number of you have already been uh, jumping in there and sharing that with us. Also, one other thing with the uh, chat box, make sure you take a second, look at that little drop down menu on your chat box. And if it says host and panelists, change that to everyone uh, because host and panelists is just me and Lisa. And uh, we want everyone to get to see and hear from y'all. Uh, and so when you have the opportunity uh, to jump into the chat box today, make sure that is to everyone. Looks like there's a ton of people jumping in uh, for the first time this morning. So a couple quick pieces of housekeeping. Uh, these calls are fast, furious, vulnerable, open, honest, real, harsh, uh, gospel-filled, all kinds of fun things. Uh, so we usually have a great group, several hundred people logging in. So we're going to have a lively chat box here today and we do save the chat. So anything that is addressed to everyone, another important reason that we do this to everyone, anything addressed to everyone will show up in a chat transcript, which you will be able to see along with the recording. Uh, it's part of the reason it's so important that we have the chat box set to everyone. Uh, so that is, we're connecting with each other, we have that opportunity uh, to do so. Now, if you have questions that pop up for you about the content today, the best way to let Lisa and I know about those questions about today's content only is the Q&A box. This is located on your toolbar. You should see a button there marked Q&A, and you can submit questions about today's content. Now, we often will have questions that pop up that are not about today's content, and it's not that we don't want to answer those questions. It's that we have an hour together, and we've got some really great stuff prepared to walk with you through today. So as always, if you have additional questions, uh, make sure you're jumping in, participating in the community tab of FCMT. Uh, click community, and that will let you in to our community hosted by Mighty Networks. That is the platform we use. There's an app connected to that, but you can participate with coaches from all over there inside of the community. You can also reach out to our team through the Help Center inside of FCMT Online. Uh, you can reach our team there if you have any kind of technical challenges, if you have any kind of uh, coaching related questions, that Help Center is your way to go. And that can get you to both our tech team and our coaching team here. So lots of great ways to get those questions answered. But if our questions are not on this morning's topic, again, please don't feel bad. We want to answer your question just in the right venue for it. Because uh, again, these, these are great calls. We usually have several hundred people here in the chat box and a lot of great discussion to happen. Uh, also, you might notice for those of you that have been here before, our panel is a little smaller than usual. Uh, both Les and Justin are out today. Uh, Les having successfully had a minor medical procedure yesterday, but he's at home recovering, doing just fine. And Justin being out on vacation with some friends. Uh, so you got Lisa and I. So if you love Lisa and I, we're in good luck. If you were here for Les or Justin, sorry about it. Hopefully you can stick around and find something of value anyway. Uh, but Lisa, we're going to let you start off our conversation today now that our, our housekeeping stuff. Oh, last thing, we, we do in fact record these. And to find past recordings, you can go to your FCMT account, click on the left side, you'll see a button there that says Real Talk. That will take you to past recordings. We've got dozens of episodes, so dozens of extra hours. So if you're wanting to learn, grow, develop, fight insomnia, whatever it is that you need to do, uh, you've got those opportunities there, right there in your FCMT membership. So make sure you're making good use of that. Lisa, go ahead. And you're muted. 
There it is. I'm unmuted now. Um, I don't know why I've, these last few times, Tim, I just forget that. And so um, anyway, guys, it, 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 Tim, when you said that about Les and Justin being out and then us being here, we, we did get a little love in the chat box. That was nice. You know, I often wonder that, Tim, I don't know if you ever do that. I, I don't tend to think of myself insecure, but when I'm looking at our registrations on developmental calls and things like that, and I see a cancellation, like somebody just registered it and then they canceled immediately, I think, ooh, they wanted another coach. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they knew me and had been on before and they're like, I'm going to go for lesser Tim on this one. Let's check that out. So, I've, I've had plenty um, of people that left me for those you, reasons. I guess it's just, Sometimes guys, nice. just like, I, I want the full experience. Listen, yeah, so, I'm yeah, not for oh, everybody. You guys, are I kind. <laughs> you guys are very, very kind. Um, no, that's, that's seriously. It's always a lot of fun. We appreciate you all so much for being here. You have no idea. I was just telling Jackie Green. Some of you might know Jackie and have experienced coaching with her before as well. Um, I was just telling her, this is one of my favorite things to do ever. I mean, it's, it's two hours a month. And I would, if I hated my job for some reason, I would probably stay just for this to be with you guys. So thank you all. Um, yeah, so as Tim and I were talking this, well, it, this week, uh, I kept talking with coaches and in group coaching and even one-to-one -one with, um, with some people I was uh, working through, uh, some parenting with a couple of young moms even this week. And this phrase continued to come to mind. Um, and we were introduced to this phrase, or at least I was when we had a devotional here in um, the offices by a gentleman who his nonprofit is um, they, they build fresh well water wells for um, third in third world countries and communities that, that, that have do not have fresh water and the, the mortality rate um, is extreme. Um, among adults and children alike. And what an un, uh, unbelievable mission to raise money to go in and, and, and build those wells and now teach that I think part of the mission now is also to teach um, the communities, the leaders in the community, how to be able to do more of that themselves and reach out to even other communities around them. It's just a phenomenal ministry. But here was the phrase, and it is based on a word um, and I'll go to that in just a moment. The phrase, though, was do not grow weary of doing things that have no end. Hear that again. Do, do not grow weary of things that have no end. Wow. Oh, my gosh. When I, when I heard that, I, I thought immediately of you all. I thought of you guys. And... Um, I don't know if you're called to do this, if this is something you've stepped into because it's your mm -hmm. talent, your gift that, that God created you to do this. There is no end. We get up again tomorrow and we do it again. And, and the sustaining of that, that word weary pops out to me also. Now, scripturally, we go to Galatians 6, 9, right? If we, if we, if we want to look at the biblical context of this, let us not become I, weary. I pulled it up. Oh, you've got it. Okay, great. It's in the, you put it in the chat box. Uh, I can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Put it in the chat box too. T uh, Tim, go ahead and, and hit that verse for us when yes. you get that in there. 
-hmm. So I'll drop this here in the chat box. I'm going to add a little bit of the verses around it too, just to give it some of that additional mm -hmm. context and flavor. Um, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Mm -hmm. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. This is verse nine. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who mm -hmm. belong to the family of believers. We will reap the harvest. Y'all, it, it also takes me to another verse about the harvest. And it's the whole foundation that it's it's a verse that the foundation of financial coach master training was founded on over 21 years ago, almost 22 now. It, it, it And it is from Luke chapter 10, verse 2. And it, it does say that the harvest is ripe. Yet the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest to bring more workers into his fields. Isn't that amazing that the foundation of this was built? I, there, it is no happenstance or, or, or coincidence that these two verses today have, have merged and that we even had devotion this morning on reaping what we sow. And um, this, but this idea, Tim, of, of not growing weary of work that has no end. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that word weary for a moment. Yeah. What, what, what's that mean to you? What's, what, do you what, con what feelings and ideas and thoughts are conjured? Guys, put it in the chat box. The word weary, what does that mean? Yeah. So for me, it's, it, it's, not just tired, right? And a lot of people are say, yeah, tired, burned out, exhausted. Mm -hmm. You can be tired without being weary. Right? And you can be weary without being tired. There's a weariness. Like when I think about weary, I think about we get to a spot where the things that used to matter no longer do. And so weary can almost border into things like depression, where we get to a spot where there, there's no longer joy, there's no longer peace, there's no longer purpose, there's no longer contentment in the things that we're putting our hands and our minds and our hearts to. And so there's plenty of days when I leave here tired, but not weary, because I, I know that I've spent time doing something of value that mattered, that had an impact, that connected with somebody, some way, somehow, that particular day. And quite frequently, when my head hits the pillow at night, I am just absolutely ready for it. I am one of those people who believes in going to bed early. Uh, 10 o'clock is late for me, and I want to be in bed. And part of that is I, I know that I need to recoup the energy to do it again the next day. But I'm excited to get up and do it the next day. Weariness is when Sunday night rolls around, you're dreading it because you know that when you wake up, it's Monday morning. You can be tired after a powerful weekend, but when you know that Sunday night's coming around and this is a good thing because you get to wake up on Monday morning and you get to do something, you get to hit the ground running, you get to actually do something of value and with purpose, it completely changes things. And so when we talk about the idea, it's not that we can't become tired. We can absolutely become tired and we should get tired. If we're never tired, it's because we're never doing anything. Yeah. Right, so I'll say that again, if you're never tired, it's because you're never doing anything. It's a good thing to get tired. It is a harsh thing to be weary, to no longer be able to recoup the energy to do the things that matter and that bring us purpose and contentment and joy and peace and the different mm -hmm. things that our work should bring us. 
And so if we're feeling burnt out, distressed, frustrated, it, it's time to kind of reevaluate. What are we putting our energy and effort into? What game are we playing? Mm-hmm. That word harsh stood out to me. There is a mm-hmm. harshness to weariness. Um, uh, I, I remember saying out loud um, after my mom passed, my mother-in-law had just passed two months earlier, and there were other things happening in, happening inside of that. And I felt like I was being rolled over, washed over with grief and loss and pain. Um, and I, I remember distinguishing weary from my heart just being really, really tired. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, that was a, a moment of reckoning for me, Tim, where I, I realized I was not weary in that season. Mm-hmm. I was truly just bone dead, heart tired. And um, it really created a great distinction for me. It actually what it did in that moment is it rekindled mm-hmm. um, some of the fire I had lost. Look at this. <laughs> did y'all see the cameo? If you missed it, too bad. All right. It's on recording. But that. That difference between weary and tired um, in that moment, coaches, your clients are that. They're feeling, they're trying to wrestle with the differences. They're trying to wrestle with the, the, the um, distinction between the two. That's what I was looking for. There's a distinction between the two. Mm-hmm. And you are doing that for some of you in this season. We have... We've been through some hard, Tim, haven't we, in the last yes. few years? Yes. Um, and, and all kinds of hard. And then you have your own personal hard. Mm-hmm. And then we're taking on the hard of other people as well. And, um, um, and, and we're trying really hard, again, to reckon with those feelings. And some of them are ours. And some of them, guys, you all have these big, huge, merciful hearts. And, and some of it you're taking on for other people and you're angry and you're mad for them, not at them, but mad for them. And you're, you're looking for justification and you're, you know, all the things, Tim, have you ever felt like that before? That harshness? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and you hit on something really, really important there, uh, Lisa, when you're discussing the like the, the carrying it for other people, right? So one of the greatest ills that we have ever created for ourselves is social media. Right, I'm gonna hop up on a soapbox here for a second. We've created this, <laughs> this thing of social media where human beings are suddenly s- supposed to, for reasons I can't understand, carry the weight of everyone for everything, everywhere, all the time. Are you kidding me? And, and so even, for example, there was just recently a very, very high-profile trial that, that just concluded, not a criminal trial, a civil trial, super high-profile. Mm-hmm. We, we won't go into all the details, but it involves potentially a past pirate who's no longer a pirate and <laughs> somebody who heard something. I don't know. Uh, but we, people watch this stuff like some unbelievable, creative, crazy relationship pornography they get sucked in to focus on other people's pain and other people's trauma and other people's fear. And we weren't created as human beings to carry the weight for the entire world. We just weren't. Mm -hmm. It it was enough to focus on our actual villages and understand what's going on in your family, your community, the surrounding peoples. We now get to know everything that goes wrong everywhere at all times, anywhere. And the more you see it, the more the algorithms push you to see it again. 
And so we have this really weird thing happening where everyone starts shouldering the weight of everything all the time for the whole world. And at the same time, we're unbelievably disconnected. Unbelievably disconnected. Because you're not going to get the same thing back out of social media that you put into it. And I've seen people posting on social media. I have 800 friends on social media. I feel fantastic. Really? I, I don't even know how many I have because I don't talk to most of them. And I don't care. And I think I've been on Facebook for 10 minutes this week. And I'm like, that's 12 minutes too many because like there, there's just nothing of, of real value there to us. And so we just keep reading and looking at and, and having these crazy responses to all the things around us. And we're not actually connecting with other people. We, we locked ourselves in our homes for anywhere from six weeks to two years, depending on where you live. We disconnected. We started working from home. We've cut off a lot of things. We order food at much higher rates to be delivered to our house by somebody we're not even going to speak to. The, the number of times that occasionally we'll order a DoorDash and I'll have to yell thank you at someone as they're halfway down my driveway by the time I can get to the door. Like, what happened to actual human connection anymore? And so we, we're trying to constantly deal with this fight because we're all tired and we're lacking in connection. We're lacking in that way to get emotionally well, which is to get reconnected with other people. And it, it honestly, all it's killing us. If you haven't read Dr. Deloney's new book yet, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, shameless plug, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, Dr. Don Deloney, great stuff. And he talks about a study there that points out that we are killing ourselves with loneliness. Loneliness is more damaging to the human body than smoking. It's healthier to smoke a pack a day with your friends than to be by yourself all the time. And Derek, that's own your past, change your future. But we're created to be in connection. We're created to be in a relationship. We're created to be with other people. And at a time when the world continually feels worse and scarier, we continue to lock ourselves in, shut other people out, and, and just turtle up and just pour into our brains all the terrible things that are happening. All of it. Mm-hmm. And, and we're killing ourselves doing it. Isolation. I don't think, I don't think you use that word, but that, that is a tool of the enemy, right? That's exactly mm-hmm. what you're describing is the isolation and the loneliness and the aloneness, which are different things, but they can go hand in hand, right? You all have probably felt them individually and together coaches in thinking back at times here, it, you know, uh, I keep asking questions. Think about yourself in this, the carrying the burdens mm-hmm. and what Tim was just describing on your past in, in, in I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Own your past and and um, say the name of the book again, Tim. Own your Sorry. past, change your future. Change your future, <laughs> dag on it. Um, so it, it, the idea behind that, though, guys, is what uh, taking care of ourselves in all of this mm-hmm. because our clients are feeling it. We recognize it in our clients. Their isolation, their loneliness, their their um, aloneness. It all mm-hmm. lends itself to this weariness. You might experience it yourselves, y'all. You might be feeling it yourselves. Mm. You might be recognizing it in yourself. And, you know, people, Tim, can be in a room full of other people. We we have a team around us. But there are times I, I don't even, I, I guess it was Monday. Monday, I never, I never even spoke to Justin Weaver on my team. And he sits 25 feet from me. You know, so you guys hold up at home, doing this at home, sometimes at nine or 10 o'clock at night, because that's the time you have for your office hours Mm -hmm. or at five o'clock in the morning. 
we have to be very careful that the enemy of with uh, the enemy that uses isolation does not infiltrate where we are and what we do and who we are because we we have to get up and do this again tomorrow what tim was talking about earlier right we got to mm-hmm. we might be tired but we got to get we it's what gives us the opportunity to get up and go to do it again so tim when we're talking about i mean isolation loneliness aloneness that leads to that weariness that's yeah. just that's one path in right it can happen in a minute can it yeah have you ever experienced that before where it just it's like it hits you like a ton of bricks how do yeah. we how do we protect ourselves I certainly speak to that but also what is a what is a way we can just protect ourselves to make certain that we're recognizing it and that we're doing something about it and not being affected in paralyzation so oftentimes when the weariness pops out of nowhere what it really is is it's a trauma and it's either a trauma we're experiencing right now or a trauma we're re-experiencing from before, from, from something we've gone through, from something we've seen, we've heard about, uh, we've experienced. And, and a lot of times the weariness can happen in that trauma. And, and so when, and a trauma can be a very large trauma, the loss of a major dream, the loss of a person, the loss of a marriage, the loss of a home. A, a trauma can even be a much more minor trauma. The, the prospect you're sitting with for the consultation and you feel everything has gone as well as it possibly could, and you get to the end of the consultation, and you ask them, would you like some help with that? And they say no, and they, they reject you. Rejection is a trauma. And especially if, if you've been through a series of rejections throughout your life, that can be a very uh, traumatic thing in that moment. And it may not be that this particular prospect is the reason that you're now weary of coaching in this moment. It's that this was that proverbial straw that broke the camel's back, right? It is one more in the pile of rejections. For those of us that became coaches because we've gone through some difficult stuff. And you start to think about every employer that rejected you, every potential lover that rejected you, maybe the parents that rejected you, the family that rejected you. And then this one more thing kind of falls on your shoulders and that's the way. And we feel in this moment, like I, I can't coach. I can't do it. I need to give up. It's not for me. I don't have what it takes. And that's what a lot of people find themselves in, myself included, uh, when we've experienced those moments where that weariness comes on suddenly. So how do we deal with that? What do we do about it? Uh, I think one of the things that's massively important is changing the way we think. Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right, there's this transformation and changing the way we think. Philippians 4 uh, says it this way in uh, Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. When we can change our thought processes, it helps us to not live in the traumas. When we can change how we view things, how we experience things, how we intake things, it can really, really uh, shatter the the problems in front of us. Mm-hmm. Not that they go away, right? Even something you shatter has to be cleaned up off the floor. But I'd rather clean up the pieces of a trauma from the floor than continue to try to run into it while it stays as a glass wall in front of me. 
And so when we find that weariness, learn how do we shatter through it? How do we change our thought process? And how do we proceed forward? Because also one of the things that we know is it's temporary. Lisa, you mentioned our Devo this morning. We talked about this. Uh, it was really, really fascinating. That this time when people got together, sure that the world would end. A bunch of people sold their possessions, gave everything they had away. All the signs that they had seen, all the things that they believed said the world is ending tonight. Be prepared. And at the stroke of midnight that night, going from the year 999 to the year 1000, the people were shocked. They woke up the next day and that was the year 1000, January 1st, and somehow life had to go on and people were yep. freaking out. That's over a thousand years ago. We talked about even within all of our lifetimes, everything from the Vietnam War, the, the craziness of the 70s, the things through the 80s with the fear of nuclear war and the climate threats and the books uh, coming out in 1970, like the late great planet Earth and 88 reasons the rapture will happen in 1988. And we go into Y2K when the world was going to end and 2008 with the recession and 2012 with the Mayan calendar and then the global <laughs> pandemic. And it's like, how many times can the world end in our lifetime? It, it almost makes it like we got to listen to that REM song. Like it's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine because the world's going to end tomorrow too. And the day after that, and the day after that, and we can get so weary because these things beat us down, but also we have to remember that this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. And so this can help change yeah. our perspective as we continue through. I, the, when you say the, the ending, there's always an ending. There, there are sometimes necessary endings. Great book by Dr. Henry Cloud. I'll plug that one. But there, what you, what Tim's describing, there, there always seems to be an end. We're always moving toward an end, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's going to happen sometimes abruptly mm-hmm. in our lives. It might not be the end of the world, right? But um, that renewing of our mind and transforming with our mindset and perspective changes the questions in our spirit, in our heart, in our minds. It changes the question of, uh Oh, what's next to, mm-hmm. all right, what's next? what's next? Because yes. there's a beginning, right? There's a beginning. And um, we have to, sometimes the ending for our clients, for ourselves, is there to make room for the next best thing. And I think we forget about that when we are weary, we forget it. And and yes, we lose, there's hopelessness. I remember all the chat while you were talking in various places, Tim, the hopelessness, the, 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 the loss of passions, the loss of purpose, the, the loss of the, the ending of all of those things in that moment of weariness. You know, if weariness can come upon us in the instant, so can the renewed mm-hmm. passion, energy, mindset. All of that can come in a moment also. Mm-hmm. There were some other great things as you, you were talking about how to guard ourselves. You know, of course, accountability. The, that word came up. Um, I, I, I look at it as my people, you mm-hmm. know, my people. And, and having a focus helps me too. I was trying, I jotted down, I wrote down a few things that helped me guard against the weariness. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, right now I'm going through a season physically that is causing some weariness. And the things that are happening around me that keep me are those things, come, not being alone, coming into work because I don't feel like it some days physically. 
you know, I'm hurting. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, I want to stay home. I want to find a comfortable position and I want to sit still. Right. But that's not, that's not good for me. And then the other thing, Tim, is that when I get here, I have my people. Mm -hmm. I have people who are like-minded. We're focused on the, the same things. We're joining arms to, to cause effect. Um, those things are, um, it's life-giving in the middle of a weary season. Um, it, we have to have our people. We have to have, and there are circles of people, right? You mm -hmm. talk about finding four types of people in our lives to support us on purpose finding mm -hmm. these people, who are they? Describe those for us, do you mind? Yes, yeah, so we need a mentor, mm -hmm. a cheerleader, an encourager, and a friend. Mm -hmm. And by the way, some people can fill multiple of these roles in your life, and mm -hmm. that's okay, but everyone needs a mentor. Everyone needs somebody who's going to pull you along, somebody who's walked some of what you've walked before you, who will challenge you and encourage you and bring you forward. And, and for me, one of my mentors is Les. And, and so I know Les got to jump in uh, in the background here and is hanging out with some of y'all in the chat box. Um, but, but again, that mentor, the person who helps you grow. You also need a cheerleader. The, the cheerleader's job isn't to call you out and challenge you. The cheerleader's job is solely to look for the good things that are happening and to really cheer you on, to say, this is amazing, keep going. The encourager kind of has an interesting spot because the encourager can do both. You, you can encourage somebody in, in a harsh fashion at times, in, in a uh, very productive way. It's not the same thing as cheerleading. It's not the same thing as mentoring because mentoring asks a lot more questions. Encouraging does a lot more pushing. And sometimes we need some encouragement. Sometimes you need the person that says, get up and go again. So you failed. That's okay. Let's do it again. And then again and again and again until we get it right. And we all need a friend. The, the interesting thing that the mentor, the encourager, the cheerleader, that's all a one-way direction thing unless you're going to play that same role in their lives. Those are people pouring into you. The friend is a back and forth. The friend, and a true friend is a person that you can call at 2 o'clock in the morning and they're going to show up for whatever you need. The, the true friend is somebody who you can really share the deep, dark stuff with, the harshest thoughts hardest pains, most difficult challenges. That's where we really need that friend. And so if you're missing people in those roles in your life, get them. That is my encouragement to you. That is me being an encourager to you today. Get these people in your life. Surround yourself with these people. And with this, there's an interesting follow-up question that came in through our Q&A. Uh, he said, I'd like to hear more of the uh, thoughts on a nuance of the loneliness issue surrounding ourselves with the wrong people. Now, this is a really, really tough one because as coaches, if you're going to coach well, and if you're going to coach a significant amount of time, you're going to spend a lot of hours with who would be the wrong people to be your mentor, your encourager, your challenger, your friend. And so we have to be that much more focused and intentional on spending time with the people who fit that role for us. And by the way, I'm not saying that spending time with clients is a bad idea. I'm saying spending too much time with clients and not enough time with these other four uh, people types is a bad idea. This is how you get become weary because you get so focused on the things that are bogging you down and not allowing people to pour back into you that you lose the energy and you lose the stamina to keep going. 
And so I, I love that question because we, we can, in coaching, spend a ton of time with people who are drawing from us and drawing from us and draining us. It's a good thing to give ourselves away, but we also have to fill ourselves back up or we can't continue to give ourselves away. Yeah. And so yeah. finding a, a proper order and making sure that we give a proper amount of time to both the clients that need us, the world that, the world that needs us because the world is a broken, hurting and scary place. Mm-hmm. And we can't pull ourselves out of it and expect to have an impact. Mm-hmm. But we can't throw ourselves into it single-handedly, single-heartedly going in full bore without backup, without help and expect to make the impact that we would like to make either. It's gotta be both. Yeah. You know, Tim, I just, you know, you, you're describing so many things. I, I, let's bring that home for a minute. Y'all hear this loud and clear. Um, we are helpers. We are, we serve people. We love people again, especially those who have the huge merciful hearts that are, the, you're the ones people come to and they, they, they want, they need your help. They want you to sit with them and, you know, and they're pouring into you, pouring their burdens into you because mm-hmm. they need that safe place, your safe places. But here's the thing you all, sometimes we have to break from that. Okay. We have to give ourselves capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say no when somebody has a need Y'all, uh, it was some years ago I had, I had, I came to a realization. I deal with pride. I, anybody else? Amen. That deal with some pride. And um, I, I meet with a lot of widows, a lot and single moms that, that I'm, I'm the only female coach besides Jackie that in the office, Jackie's here now, but her role is a little different. And so they tend to land in my lap, right? They, they, that they, they, they're gravitating here and, um, um, and not always. A lot of times I, Tim, can you do one or less or, you know, depending on the need of the client or we've now reached out and done other things too, but, um, there for a while, oh my goodness, over about a a three-year period, there were about 300 appointments that I'd done with widows and single moms. And I just kept, y'all think about the hours and I already had my client load and I already had other stuff to do, right? Y'all want to hear where the pride comes in, y'all? It could lead to weariness. I had a superhero complex. Mm I was trying to be a hero for all those people. And, and I, I became really, really tired. Right. And, and, and physically, mentally, emotionally, and in my heart, spiritually, that's when it was weariness. Mm-hmm. One of those things is different. Again, Tim, you discussed the word tired earlier, right? One of those, but all of those, and I wouldn't do anybody any good at all, right? No. And y'all, so we want to step back and recognize the place that we're in. It's okay for a season mm-hmm. to say, you know what? I'm not taking on new clients right now. I got to do some work on me. Or I'm not taking on that type of client right now. I got to find my seat sweet spot, the things that are filling my cup. One of the people on the chat, Tim, said, fill my cup, right? I got to be, mm-hmm. can't pour from an empty cup. It's okay to do that. You guys were human. I'm not immortal. I, I'm not, I, you know, I, I take the blows just like you guys do. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're the strong ones. You know, you're the ones that people go to. And, and, and seemingly don't need help yourselves, right? Is it, you ever feel that way? 
you know, that people look at you that way. You're the one. But deep down, there's something happening, y'all. We've got to. So if we want to be a hero for somebody, we got to be the hero for ourselves, right? Isn't that the way we talk about coaching? We're the hero of our own story. So I, as you were talking about that, that just that 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 reckoning for me those years ago made a huge difference and an impact on not only me personally and growth, but mm-hmm. also in my coaching practice, how I served people. I served people better sometimes by saying, no, I don't have the capacity and helping them, finding them the place they needed to go. It was so much better. It was so much better because I had my people. That makes a huge difference, right? Because it. Coaching is, is in a way a game, right? Like, like all of life is a game. And, and we were talking about this as we we're talking about the preparation for real talk today and thinking about how do we do these different things. And one of the things we do around here at Ramsey Solutions is once a month, we do a thing called Entree Leadership University, uh, where we learn about leadership and stuff. And I actually had a bunch of notes uh, from one of our presenters uh, at one point, mm-hmm. Simon Sinek, who talked about what he calls the infinite game. And uh, I'm not going to rehash all of it. And he's got a book out. Uh, but again, uh, The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. Great stuff. But he talks about a lot of people, we want to play the finite game where there's known rules, known players, known objectives. And the idea is I play to win. I, I play to win. But, but what does winning mean? And, and what happens if you supposedly someday get there? Right? Think about the baby steps. When do you win in the baby steps? Well, you don't. You, you accomplish goals along the way. You, you get the $1,000. You conquer your debt. You get to the fully funded emergency fund. You're building your retirement. You get your kids off to college without debt. You pay off the house. You become wealthy and generous and more wealthy and generous and more wealthy and generous and more wealthy and generous. And then eventually you die. Not exactly what we would call winning. But like it's it's this the finite game when we get stuck in that is I play to win and I I'm always just trying to beat out anybody else versus the infinite game where our only true competitor in the infinite game is yourself right we talk about weariness and not becoming weary and doing good in the infinite game the players may or may not be known and the objectives change but the finite player plays to win and the infinite player plays to keep playing let me say that again. The finite player plays to win. The infinite player plays to keep playing. I don't coach to win. I coach so that I can keep coaching. Because here's the thing. I know that we're never going to reach a spot in our world where there's no longer people who need help financially. Like Jesus promises that. He said the poor will always be with you. Right? Like we're not going to be able to eradicate poverty. We're, and even if we could, that doesn't if, if everyone in the world was magically wealthy tomorrow, there would still be things that they needed to learn. There would still be things that needed to get discovered. There's still processes and habits and uh, things that need to change. The need for coaching isn't going away. And so it's not like when I, I'm trying to get to a spot where I'm like, I'm winning at coaching, I'm winning. No, I, I just want to keep playing because playing the game of coaching is fun. Getting to sit down with different people and have wonderful conversations and explore people's life with them is wild. And it's so much fun. And why would I ever want to stop? Mm-hmm. Why would I want to say like, oh, I've, I've won, so the game is over. Right? Yeah. Like, and so in some games, they're, they're just not fun. Like Monopoly is a finite game. 
for most people right now a lot of you have played monopoly with your family and you have realized that it's it's technically it could keep going on because these games tend to go on for hours and hours but also it's finite because at some point someone gets angry enough to flip the table and the game is over <laughs> and that's usually how monopoly ends uh the, we've, the, we've never finished a game in our house it ends like that you're right <laughs> and, and so I, I love that um but here's the interesting thing when we, we start thinking differently and when we think about playing the infinite game versus the finite two other thoughts i want to leave us with on this uh, particular one uh, is that the the goal is not to beat the competition, but to outlast them. We said that your goal is not to beat your competition, but to outlast them. And so this is where we, we talk about this idea of don't become weary of doing good. Outlast the challenges, outlast the competition. If the greatest competition is you, outlast the things that are going to take you out of coaching. Outlast the things that are going to take you out of what you're built and created and purposed to do. So how do we, we think back to the things we've already been working on together today during this call, during this hour of how do we change our thought process? How do we transform into doing different things? How do we get to continue to participate in the game that is coaching, in the game that is life because the world needs it? Yeah. And then the other thing that he mentioned was really interesting is that when the finite plays the infinite, they drop off eventually. When I'm coaching my clients, I'm not looking for a finite win. I think that's cool and it's a good place to start, but I want my clients to learn to play the infinite game. Mm -hmm. What's going to keep them going? What's going to keep them involved? What's going to keep them engaged? What's going to keep them going and not just to a particular win and then they get there and then what? Yeah. You often see and the pictures of the people that get to the top of the mountain and all I can think is they have to get back down. It's not like they get to the top and there's a ski lift waiting for them. Now they're going down a snow-capped mountain with gravity working like to help them move faster, possibly too fast. Like that that part of the reason I don't do mountain climbing. Gravity and I are not necessarily <laughs> uh, closest of friends. Uh, we have too big of a pull on each other. Uh, so, so there's that. Uh, but y'all, it, it can I get change that. some things. So I, and I, will, I do want to share this also, because in, in the Infinite Game, he talks about his five essentials to keep playing. And, and these are really helpful for us as we're thinking about how do we avoid becoming weary in doing good. And so if you're taking notes, uh, again, with all love and respect to Simon Sinek, as I steal a couple of his things here, uh, The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek, great book. Um, but he says, here's the five things that are, are essential to continuing to go. This is how we do this without becoming weary. Uh, one is that we have to have a just cause, a cause that is so vitally important, so just in our minds that we will give up our own desires to accomplish mm -hmm. it. If you don't have a just cause, it becomes very, very easy to become weary in doing good. Yeah. We have to have trusting teams. We've been talking about this on the call, surrounding yourselves with the right people that help you carry on even when things are difficult or seemingly impossible. A worthy rival where their strengths reveal your weaknesses. Y'all, we've got some rivals. Credit card companies, the debt mindset, the instant gratification mindset, the I've got to have it right now mindset. There's a lot of mindsets that are our rivals, but they reveal our strengths as coaches. To help mm -hmm. challenge mindsets, to shatter wrong perspectives and to help people move forward into things that are beneficial. We need a capacity for existential flexibility. What in the world does that mean? 
means we're willing to blow up things in our own lives when things aren't working rather than wait for them to get blown up for us. You may have heard us talk about this on one of these calls before, but the, the Kodak brand, right? For those of you who've been around for long enough, you might remember the old phrase, it's a Kodak moment. That was their the thing because Kodak was a, a film uh, producer and they made cameras and film. Uh, for those of you that are not young enough to know what Kodak is and think I'm talking about a bear or a chewing tobacco. It was really interesting. The guy who invented the digital camera worked for Kodak and he presented it to the leadership and the leadership said, this is our competition. We're a film company. We don't want that here. And they let him go. Kodak doesn't exist anymore, at least not in the way that they did. Digital pictures, digital uh, cameras became a huge deal. We've got to be willing to take a look at what we're doing in our coaching and break stuff before it breaks. If you're, am I doing this thing because it's valuable or am I doing it just because it's the way I've always done it? And find what we can actually do without changing our purpose, without changing our visions, without changing our mission. Sometimes it takes us different steps to get there. And the final one here is the courage to lead. The willingness to recognize the game you're in and the rules you live by don't always necessarily align. Y'all, we are in a tough game in society that says, watch all the things, Pay attention, click more, get more on social media, engage yourself, involve yourself in all of these different things and play our game. And as coaches, we're like, no, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do something that challenges that. I don't believe I need a credit card. In fact, true story. Uh, I can't remember, Lisa, if we talked about this yesterday or not. My wife calls me frustrated yesterday. She started her own jewelry business, which is amazing. Uh, and that was capacity for existential flexibility in the chat box. I saw them asking about that. Uh, but my wife calls me yesterday and she says, you know how we got uh, denied for that particular payment processor? And we, we couldn't find out why until the letter came in the mail. I said, yeah, because she's, she's started her own business. She needs a payment processor. And uh, the payment processor we had applied with denied us because we don't have a credit score. And they're worried about the risk of us because we don't have a credit score. I'm like, hold on. like. You can see that we have money in the bank. You can see that we have money in investments. You can see that we own our home outright, free and clear. What part of that makes you think we're more risky than someone who loves their Amex card all the time? I don't get it. And it was a, it was a tough moment. And she was frustrated. We, we talked it through and it's all well and good. But it was this tough moment that uh, it was one of these rare times that we'd actually come up against a, a hurdle based on not having a credit score. By the way, it's not that big of a hurdle. They just don't get her processing fees. She went to a competitor who was willing to be smart enough to say, oh, you don't have a credit score? That's not a risk to us. We think you're going to pay, uh, pay us because you don't owe all these other people money. We would like to do business with you. And so the people that were too stupid to get our money don't get our money. Well, y'all, that's part of it. You are going to live in a world that sets rules for you and you get to push back against them. That's how we keep playing. That's how we avoid becoming weary. Mm -hmm. So I, I won't flame them principles. here because there, there might be an appeal. We might be able to get it done. So I'm not going to flame them here in, in public. So, uh, so I saw some people asking for the name of the company. Not, not today, y'all. Uh, but yeah. if, if, if they, they double down and continue to be buttheads, maybe at some point. But uh, no, it's, yeah. it's uh, hopefully going to be helpful for others out there. And said it, we might appeal it and see if there's a way out of that. See if we can't get them to change their game because their game is stupid. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Yep, standing on our values and our principles combats the weariness for sure. Because those, the, you know, those who build their house on the rock, right? Mm-hmm. The winds will come, the storms will rage, yet the house will stand. And um, so we, we have a good foundation there. Tim, somebody said earlier, and I'm going to kind of process this out loud, way up earlier in the chat box when we were talking about, um, again, setting or I didn't use this word, but a lot of words were used. This word was used in the chat box, the boundaries of saying yes and no. And, um, you know, there are times we may not have capacity mentally, emotionally, spiritually, or mm-hmm. even physically. We have to pay attention to those things. And, and, and we manage client loads or personal loads or friend loads or whatever it is. If we're using the word load, it makes me feel like I'm carrying something I shouldn't be, right? When I use that word, and that's mm-hmm. a telltale sign to me. But one of the questions Victor asked, he said, you know, saying no is one thing, but how do you not still carry the emotion of that? I'm paraphrasing what he said. Well, here, I have an answer. It may not be the right one, or you may not like it. Um, I hope you never do stop feeling mm-hmm. that. Um, the Lord, our God, stood above the city and looked out at what the people, at the people, and he he was moved, it says in the word. He was moved to compassion for the things that he saw. That word moved in the Hebrew, in the Hebraic language, means that he was physically ill. He was sick at the things that he saw, you know, the thing about it is that if it, it, we, we might need to learn how to, to, to work through it and, and share with other people so that we're mm-hmm. processing and, and learning how to, 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 to cope and deal with those things. But if your compassion lessens, you're in trouble. We want mm-hmm. our compassion to deepen. We need to be moved by the things that God hates and the things that God loves. And so we don't stop at the things that God hates and taking on that emotion of it. Instead, we use it to propel ourselves into not growing weary Mm -hmm. so that we do get to get up tomorrow and do it again and again and again. And so what we're talking about here is not that you will eliminate the weariness in your life, in your practice, in relationships. And, mm-hmm. you know, Tim talked about grieving things earlier, a season of life, a dream that's been lost. A, a, the thing is, is at the end of something, there is the beginning of something. Let's go to that reminder and mm-hmm. to look forward. The hopelessness isn't in when you're experiencing that with your 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 family, with your clients with friends when you're experiencing their hopelessness the hopelessness is not in the future it's in the now Mm -hmm. it's what's happening right now and for us to be able to listen and help guide navigate remember we're a guide to guide and navigate into the hope of the future and, and it's for you. If there's somebody on this call today that's experiencing that themselves, mm-hmm. if you're in the end of something and you're maybe you're questioning your practice, can I do this? Is this right for me? Maybe you're questioning a relationship. 
Maybe you're questioning a job. The hope comes in with the future is, is, is calling us to. It doesn't come from the ending that you're in. So we got to be careful not to keep ourselves focused and distracted only by what is ending. And uh, y'all, again, the weariness, it's, it's another way to combat that weariness for ourselves. Those people that Tim talked about earlier, make sure that you have those people in your life. You've got your prayer warriors. You've got your cheerleaders. You've got your, mm-hmm. you know, you, the people that are not filled with drama. Those we don't need. <laughs> what? <laughs> those we don't need. Those in there. Um, they're, they're, they need us probably. So, um, but, but make sure that we're, we're putting, surrounding ourselves with the people. What is that? Um, you're, you're so much better at maybe languaging phrases and things like that, that we are the sum total of the five, our five closest friends. Yeah. Right. And, and so we want to make certain that those Five people that are closest, right? They're, they're, they they got the bar set high. Yeah. You know, I, I want to be the lowest man on that totem pole, not the highest. I, I want my bar set high. I want to be striving and reaching and, and, and being fulfilled. So if you're mentoring people, you all find your mentor. I mm-hmm. bet you a lot of people on this call, Tim, because they're the people people go to, they're the mentors. Yet they need someone in their life. Every you mentor not needs a mentor. To it. Yes, you do. You got to get them, guys. And there is something courageous and audacious about reaching out and finding that person. So be courageous and audacious in this season of your life. As you talk about that, not growing weary and avoiding bitterness, uh, I think about a, a particular biblical story of a guy who was given a good to do but he jumped into weariness and bitterness. Right? There's this guy named Jonah and God tells him to go to this city and, and give a, a message to the people because they were doing things that were stupid. He's like, I, I want you to go help them correct this. I want you to help them change this. And Jonah said, not gonna. Got on a ship, goes the other way, big storm, tossed overboard, belly of a fish, three days. This is part of a lot of us know. And he gets spit up on dry land by the fish. He's like, okay, I guess I'm going to the Nineveh. So he goes to the city. He walks around saying basically like, repenter in 40 days, this whole place is going to be destroyed. And much to Jonah's anger, people are like, you know what? You're right. We're doing things terribly wrong. We should fix this. And so Jonah gets angry, goes out to a hill above the city, makes a little shelter for himself watching to see what happens to the city. The shelter collapses. This bush grows up. He gets under the shelter of the bush. The, the bush is eaten up. And Jonah just continues to get more and more bitter to the spot where he asks God to just kill him. He says, just let me die. Uh, he said, I am so angry. I wish I were dead. But I love this response from God in this moment. And I think this is a good way for us to help to understand like the God that keeps us from getting weary when we let him. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, that though you did not tend it or make it grow, it sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left? Y'all, the world is lost. The world is hurting. And we have choices. We can be bitter. We can be frustrated. We can grow weary in doing the good we know we ought to do. 
you know, I'm not downplaying anyone's real losses, difficulties, tragedies, traumas. For those of you that have been around for a little while, you know that I've been through some stuff. Lisa's been through some stuff. Everyone on our team has been through some stuff and are going through some stuff. I'm not downplaying the real difficulties and the real challenges that do in fact hold us back. But there's a difference between being tired, being punched in the face, and growing weary. Right. So y'all let us not grow weary in doing the good we ought to do, because we know that we will at the proper time reap a harvest for it. That we will see lives transformed, that you will see people find financial peace that you will see people who had no hope in their situations turn it around. You'll see marriages hanging on by a thread start to rewind that rope to hold them together. Cord of three strands is not easily broken. You'll see people that were restless, frustrated, stressed out, rest, calm themselves, learn a different way to go about things. You'll get to see things that you wouldn't get to see otherwise. You'll get to hear things that you wouldn't otherwise get to hear. And you get to participate in so much life transformation that it will just absolutely floor you. Mm -hmm. As long as we don't become weary in doing good, because we know that in doing good at the proper time, we'll reap a harvest. And we know that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send workers into his fields. That's why you're here. So whether this is your very first real talk or you've been a coach for 20 years, don't grow weary. Keep doing the things you know you ought to do. Not what we're telling you to do, the things that you know you ought to do. The things that God has created you and built you and brought you along and put you on this planet to do. Live in that and you can avoid growing weary. Yeah, you you talked. Uh, you said something that made me think of it, and I put it in the chat box. But um, Tim, it, if if you aren't a little bit battered and bruised and bloodied as you fight through this, you probably weren't in the fight. Mm-hmm. Step fully into it, y'all. Putting on that armor, of God, and you just go at it. You know, let's waylay some things, as my mother mm-hmm. would have said. <laughs> she was a single mom, pretty pretty scrappy little thing. And uh, she said, let's go waylay that is what she would say. And um, boy, that's a visual word, isn't it? Whatever it is, because we, we you know, my, my, one of my sons, Tim, um, he was a wrestler and he was pretty, pretty, he's, he still is. He still wrestles and coaches and teaches. And um, he is a good, he's a good wrestler. And he's a good mentor, but he, um, he, he lost a pretty significant match at one point. Mm-hmm. And when I say he lost it is because he fought his opponent's fight. Mm-hmm. You know, if he had, he could have still not had his right hand raised at that moment. Had he fought his fight fight and he had gotten in there and not, he was, he was conservative. He was, he just wasn't himself. If he hadn't done that, even if he hadn't won, won the score, final on the scoreboard came up, he'd have won, y'all. Right? See, that's another distinction. We do what we're supposed to do, what we're called to do. We take care of ourselves. We take care of other people. We get mm-hmm. among our people. We get our, our encouragers. We, we, we battle. We fight the isolation, aloneness, and loneliness. When we do that, we'll always win. We'll mm-hmm. always win. And when you got Jesus Christ on your side, you can't not right? You just can't not. 
and man, we, we got the, we got the best offense and defense going when we call him into the game, y'all. Tim, what's your final thoughts on this? And we're going to wrap it up and get everybody back to their day. I, I can't say that I don't think any better than this. We know that we are more than conquerors, right? If God is for us, who could be against us? So I'll, don't become weary in doing good. Just keep going. Do it. Do it some more. Do it some more. When your head rests on the pillow tonight or for the final time, know that you gave it everything. You did everything, the value that you possibly could. And you get to stand before the God and creator of all things and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. What a day that will be. So as always, thank you for being here. Thanks for being a part of this. Uh, if you would like to hear this again, unless, of course, you're already listening to the recording, but then you already know where to find it. But if you'd like to hear this again, go to the left-hand side of your FCMT uh, membership. You'll see there on your screen a button marked Real Talk. Uh, we usually have the most recent session up within a day or two of it uh, being recorded. So if you go on there later today looking for it, it won't be there. Uh, but if you go on there by early next week, you should see it there. And we would love to have you watch this again. Uh, encourage one another. Listen uh, to one another. Be each other's friends. Be each other's cheerleaders. Right? This is stuff we get to do. Let these people be some of your people. Thanks, everybody. Mm -hmm.